together in uh, Acts chapter number seven. So we continue our study through the book of uh, through the book of Acts. We've been in in, in uh, Stephen's message now. I believe this is our third right third message. Uh, we preached on. Uh, we showed how that uh, uh, Stephen. Uh, well, no, we talked about his unusual power. We talked about the message itself, and then Stephen showed us the Lord Jesus Christ through the life of Joseph, uh, and he also. Uh, uh, showed us the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, let's see here. What was that beginning part? Uh, when he preached on these things or so, the trustworthiness of Stephen. We preached that. But anyway, last week we talked about uh, the life of Joseph. I don't know. I've got so much scribble in my Bible. I don't know where I've started messages and where I've ended them. Uh, but last night, last week we talked about seeing Jesus uh, through the uh, through the eyes of Joseph. And uh, so we want to look at these verses tonight, verse number 18, and uh, let's deal with verse number 18 down through about verse number 38 tonight, and uh, this is a long section. He's speaking tonight, he's preaching on Moses, Moses as a type of Christ. And I'll tell you something that's interesting, when I was preaching through on Sunday morning, I've been preaching through those types of Christ. In Genesis, I wanted to preach on Abraham. But God wouldn't let me. And then we preached on it, on it, and then Stephen preached on it. Then I wanted to preach on Joseph, but God wouldn't let me. And then uh, we preached on it here on Wednesday night. Stephen used it, Stephen. Boy, God knows what he's doing, amen. And then I wanted to preach on Moses, but I just couldn't get liberty to do it, and I, I'll be right here. Uh, Stephen's going to preach about Moses. So let's see what the Bible said. Till another king arose, which knew not Joseph. I'm in verse 18. The same dealt subtly with our kindred and evilly entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. In which time Moses was born, exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up, nourished him for her own son. And Moses learned uh, in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Look what he said. And when he was full 40 years old, it came in his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Seeing one of them suffering wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at once again saying, Sirs, your brethren, why do ye wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. And when 40 years was expired, 
There appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. And when Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the Lord God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning, and am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Then Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee ruler and judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and deliver them by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you, uh, unto your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, tonight that you'd help us as we uh, try to preach down through these verses a little while. God, I'm glad this Bible, Lord, you wrote a Bible about Jesus. Lord, we just want to extol him tonight. We just want to preach the Lord tonight. God, I pray that you'd help us to do just that. Do that now as only you can, and we'll thank you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name, we make our prayer, and through his blood we pray. Amen and amen. I want us to look tonight at Moses as a type of Christ. Now, I read where one theologian has said, that Moses is a type of Christ in at least 75 different ways. And so I'm going to preach 75 points. No, I'm kidding. But at least 75 different ways. And boy, wouldn't you like to be. That's the reason we came to church on Tuesday night, because we're still going to be here on Wednesday night. Me saying 75thly, amen. But at least 75 different ways that Moses is a picture of Christ. Now, before Moses died, he told the children of Israel that God would raise up a prophet like unto him. Some have said that prophet was Joshua. But if you look at the life of Joshua, as great as he was, he was nothing like Moses. And I say that nobody, there was never a prophet like Moses until one Christmas morning on the outskirts of Bethlehem's town, uh, when the angel said, I bring you good news uh, of great joy. Amen. And uh, that prophet that Moses promised was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And Moses was a picture and a type of Christ. And as Stephen uh, preached down through this message, and like I said, we're going to see hopefully next week, that he uses all these points he's made and he points toward the Lord Jesus Christ in his message. 
I believe that I saw a picture and a type of Moses uh, unlike I've ever seen it before. And so I want us to share those uh, thoughts with you tonight on Moses, a type of Christ. Now first, I want us to consider tonight the condition of Israel. Look what the Bible said. The Bible said to another, verse 18, till another king arose, which knew not Joseph, the same dealt suddenly. Boy, when I saw that word, there was an alarm bell that went off because I know somebody else that the Bible said was a subtle creature. Amen. And so it said that he dealt with them suddenly. I began to think about the condition of Israel. When you think about Israel during the time of Moses, just prior to Moses, uh, you'll find that they had been subtly deceived. Uh, they had, there was a deception, uh, and they had been subtly entreated. Well, I don't know about you tonight, but uh, when I was lost and in my sin and on my way to hell, uh, I had been subtly deceived. How many of you will agree with me tonight? that the devil does not play fair. He'll destroy you any way that he can. I'm telling you, he'll whisper lies in your ears. Uh, he'll cause you to believe things. Now, I'm telling you the truth tonight. They were subtly deceived. You know what ended up happening to the children of Israel? They became slaves indeed. They, uh, I see them now. They're down at the brick uh, factory, they're uh, scraping together some straw. I was reading that account yesterday and the day before. They're scraping together a little straw. They're putting in a little mud uh, and they're beginning to make those bricks and they're in the bondage of uh, Pharaoh uh, and they're slaves in that bondage. Uh, now I've preached along these lines before and everybody knows what I'm about to say and you know that it's true. Satan and sin is a slave maker. And people will say, boy, I'm free. I, I'm glad. You know, people say things like this. They say, I'm glad I'm not going to have to go to the church. And they keep you under their thumb and all their rules and you've got to do it. Boy, I'm living free out here and doing what I want to do. And I'm telling you, there's no sinner tonight that's living in freedom. They are the servant of sin. Whether it be the drugs they're addicted to, whether it be the sex they're addicted to, whether it be whatever it might be, my friend, it is a, they're a slave to sin. And how many of you will agree with me tonight? The only way that a man has ever been truly free is to be made free by the Son. And if the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I'm glad to report to you tonight that I'm no longer under the bondage of sin. But I was loosed by the Lord Jesus Christ. But I see in Israel a very vivid picture of uh, what it must have been like, uh, what it's like to be a sinner. Now we see that Moses is going to be the type of Christ. I want you to think about the conception of Moses. Look what the Bible said. Can I say first of all it was a monumental birth. Look what it said. The Bible said, in which time, look at verse number 20, in which time Moses was born. Well, I'm glad to tell you that the Bible said in Galatians 4 and 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, 
made of a woman. And so just like Moses came right on time to deliver the children of Israel from a miraculous birth, I'm glad, thank God, the Lord Jesus came right on time. Right on time. It was the fullness of time. Now, I don't understand all that. I've read the Bible through a bunch. I don't know why God didn't send him 100 years before, 200 years before. But what I know is this. When the fullness of time was come, when in God's infinite wisdom, he knew that it was time for Jesus to be born. He was born right on time. Amen. And according to prophecy. You can study Daniel's, uh, uh, Daniel's weeks of years there, and you'll find that it adds up prophetically exactly to the day the Lord Jesus Christ was born. So what I'm trying to say to you tonight is God wasn't walking around in heaven one day and looking down at earth and going, boy, there's a mess. Boy, look at all that's happening. I guess we ought to do something about it. Anybody got any ideas? And then the Lord jumped up and said, yeah, I'll go. No, sir. God had it planned to the moment. And when the fullness of time was come, he sent forth his son made of a woman. That son became flesh and dwelled among us according to the plan of God. And we can see that. And so we see that Moses' birth was a monumental birth. But then Moses' birth was a miraculous birth. Pharaoh was having all of the children killed. We know the story, how they raised him up, put him in that ark of bulrushes, sent him out on the Nile River by faith. Everybody knows the story of how Pharaoh's daughter found Moses. Would anybody like to say that that wasn't a miracle? I'm telling you, it's a miracle of God that Moses lived and was able to grow up in the house of Pharaoh. Well, let me say this. Christmas is coming up. I still believe in the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't believe what these newer versions would say. The NIV says that it was a young woman. I'm here to tell you there's a lot of young maids that have children but it wasn't just some young maid. But my friend, it was a virgin. And she conceived of the Holy Ghost. And he was virgin born. And so we see the conception of Moses. It was a monumental birth. And it was a miraculous birth. But then I want you to think for just a minute about the choosing of Israel. Now we find, we read here in our story, that when Moses was 40 years old, He went out in verse number 23 to visit his brethren. But notice what it said. said verse 25, For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But look at this phrase. But they understood not. Now look at verse number 27. But he did that. His neighbor wrong thrust him away saying, who made the ruler? So here's what Moses did. When he became 40 years old, he went into his brethren, but guess what happened? His brethren received him not. They wouldn't have anything to do with him. They didn't want anything to do with Moses. The children of Israel rejected Moses when he came to them the first time. They rejected him. He came to them, and then they refused him. 
Well, I think about the Lord Jesus, how he came and fulfilled every jot and tittle of the law, and yet the Bible said that he came into his own, and his own received him not. And so when Moses first came to the children of Israel, he was rejected, just like when Christ first came to the children of Israel, they chose not to receive them, him as their Messiah. They rejected him, and then something miraculous happens. And this is where I want to get to preach. That's all groundwork. There's a phrase in here that when I read it this morning, Brother Anthony, I went, wow. Look at that phrase. Look at that phrase. Verse number 38, the Bible says, This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. I want to talk to you a little bit about the church in the wilderness. Now, what happened when Moses was rejected of the Jews? What happened? He fled to the backside of the desert. Forty years, he's in the backside of the desert. Now, there's three things that happens to Moses. Now, hang with me. I'm going to show you the church age right here in the story of Moses. There's three things that happen to Moses while he's in the wilderness. The first thing is he marries a bride. Now, isn't it interesting that after Moses was rejected by the children of Israel, that he went to Midian and he found a Gentile bride? Oh, boy. When I got studying that and reading on that, Moses didn't marry out of the people that, uh, out of his people. He didn't marry out of the Egyptians. uh, But he went into the wilderness uh, and he found a Gentile bride. Would you like to know where he found uh, that Gentile bride? Well, you can study it there in Exodus chapter number 2. And what you'll find is that he found that Gentile bride next to a well of water. Boy, God got to moving in my heart this morning and studying on that. And I got to thinking about how that when the Jews rejected Christ... uh, He turned, amen, to the church, thank God, and redeemed the Gentile church. And you know where I met him? I met him by the well of water, amen. I'm glad, thank God, every time that still water is seen in the Bible, it's a picture of the Word of God. I'm glad that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I'm glad one day by the well I met a Savior. I'm glad I got in on a bride. I'm glad I got birthed into the family of God. And all of that happened down by the well of the Word of God. So he goes down there, and I never have thought about this before. And uh, I talked to a couple different preachers. I said, make sure I'm not being a heretic here. Uh, I, I, I believe I can see the church age right here out in the wilderness. And he met a bride, but that ain't all that happened in the wilderness. The Bible said here that he beget two children. So not only did he meet a bride while he was out in the wilderness, but he beget children in the wilderness. He beget children in the wilderness. Well, uh, I know tonight that uh, this is elementary preaching, but you and I that are saved, we are a part of the bride of Christ. And so we were put into the bride by the well of water, but we are also born into the family of God. Amen. And we have been born again. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, he said, you must be born again. And I'm glad tonight that I've gotten into the family of God every way that you can get into a family. 
three ways to get in. You can be adopted in, marry in, or be born in. Thank God when I got birthed into the family of God, I was born again. I, I received the spirit of adoption to wit, and I got to be a part of the bride of Christ. Somebody said, well, you'll lose your salvation. For that to happen, God would have to believe in divorce. Amen. He'd have to believe in, an, in, in dis, uh, disowning a natural born child. And he would have to believe in cutting off an adopted child. And I'll go a step farther than that. You and I are a part of the body of Christ. He would have to believe in self-mutilation uh, in order for me to die and go to hell. And so I'll tell you tonight, like Zeb McDarris used to say, uh, if there was a hundred hells and a thousand devils in every hell, uh, there still wouldn't be enough to take me there, honey. Uh, I'm saved a million years from now. I'll be saved, uh, born again, thank God, uh, down yonder in the wilderness. Uh, hey, hey, uh, he got a bride by the well, uh, and he had children. You know what else he did in the wilderness, don't you? You know what else he did down yonder in the wilderness? He tended sheep. <laughs> down there in the wilderness, what was Moses's? What was Moses's occupation during that wilderness time period? Shepherd. Shepherd. Now we're going to see him as the deliverer of Israel here in just a minute. <laughs> we're going to see him on the other side of the deliverance as the ruler. But you know what he was during that wilderness time? He was the shepherd of the sheep. Amen. I'm glad the Bible tells me that Jesus is the good shepherd. Amen. And the good shepherd knows his sheep and he calls his own sheep by name. I wish I had time to preach through all this right here. There's a lot of preaching to be done right here. But just simply to say that we see in the life of Moses uh, that it was a wilderness experience where he married a Gentile bride. He had children. He tended sheep. Uh, and I don't believe I'm doing any damage to the scriptures tonight to say that's a pretty good picture of the church age right there. But then I want you to notice what happened. And I may be, I may be getting ready to take me a lap. Let me know, let's notice what happened. We see the church in the wilderness, but notice the coming again. Look what happens, verse number 35. Then Moses, when they, refu uh, when they refused, saying, Who hath made us to be ruler over that? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. Look at verse 36. He brought them out after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years you know what happens over there look at Exodus chapter number 4 in verse number 20 I want to show you this because this to me is a real blessing look at Exodus chapter number 4 in verse number 20 so this same Moses now I want you to get this idea this same Moses that was rejected the first time of his brethren went out in the wilderness and won a Gentile bride and had children and was a shepherd. Guess what he's fixing to do? He's fixing to come back to Israel another time. Only this time he's going to be an accepted deliverer and an accepted, uh, an accepted ruler. Now I want to show you a verse. Exodus chapter number 4 and verse number 20. Look at this. The Bible said there, verse 20, the Bible said, And Moses, what's that say? 
took his wife, watch this, and his sons and set them upon an ass and he returned to the land of Egypt. Well, I know we're not coming back on an ass, but I'm telling you somewhere in heaven, <laughs> there's some royal stallions. You say, you're a white horse rider. You got that right, friend. One of these days, Jesus is coming again to the children of Israel. Only this time, he'll not be rejected. And this time, he'll not be alone. The armies of God are going to be riding with him. That's you and I that have been redeemed, washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're coming back. Now, I want you to understand. I want you to understand the idea and the, the sequences of events. There's going to be the rapture of the church. I'm a rapture believer. There's going to be a rapture of the church. There's going to be that great period of Jacob's trouble, that time of tribulation. Amen. I'm not a non-millennialist. I'm a pre-millennialist. I was talking to one, one fellow today, and he said there's a lot of people that are pan-millennialists. I said, what in the world does that mean? He said, they're just waiting around seeing how it pans out. Amen. That's a pan-millennialist. But I'm a pre-millennialist. I'm telling you, the Lord is coming. The rapture of the church in a moment, a twinkle of an eye. We're going to be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we, thank God, ever be with the Lord. Uh, I'm glad to report to you there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb, the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, after that, the Lord is coming fully to the, in a visible return. That first return, he's coming in the air. It's going to be secret. It's going to be invisible to the world. And he's taking the church out. That second coming, that great day of the Lord, he's coming all the way to the earth. He's going to establish a, a millennial reign. He's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Yes, who's coming with him? Moses got his bride. And they came riding back into Egypt. This time as a deliverer. This time as an accepted ruler. Somebody said, preacher, I remember hearing Ralph Sexton Sr. say one time. Uh, he, he, Ralph Sexton Sr., I don't know how many, many times you ever heard Ralph Sr. preach. But he preached on the second coming of Christ about every time he preached. I mean, it didn't matter where he started. He ended up at the second coming. And he preached on us riding them white stallions. Amen. I'm allergic to horses, but I'll get over it by then. Praise God. He preached on riding them white horses in. He said some old woman cornered him at the back of the church after it was over. And he said, preacher, don't you know that's a figure of speech? Them white horses is a figure of speech. He said, you can ride back in on a figure of speech if you want to. But he said, I'm getting on a white horse. Amen. I've had, Brother Jimbo's told me his dad, Jim, Big Jim Seaton, he had a white horse on his mailbox. He had a white horse on the tag on his truck, white horse on the pulpit. Amen. That used to be a big deal to Christians. I'm glad, thank God, I got a good, I got a good uh, thing ahead of me. One of these days, for a thousand years, uh, we're going to rule and reign with the Lord right here on this earth. And those that have been, listen now, those that have been faithful over a few things, God will make ruler over many things. You be right, good, and faithful. God might let you be president of the United States throughout the millennium. You say, you believe, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the church is going to rule with him. He's going to rule as a rod of iron off of David's throne. And the church is going to, and we can see that. 
we can see that in that, that order right there in the life of Moses. Did I not walk you through it and show it to you? All of that. And I didn't dig, I, I, didn't, I didn't do no reaching or, or, or say, no, we dug right through, went right through the chronological order of Moses' life. What I'm trying to tell you is it's all about Jesus. Every bit of it pointed toward him and said he's coming I'm glad, thank God, that he did come. I'm glad out yonder by the well of water one day I got birthed into the family. I got married into the family. Hallelujah. Adopted in. Made a part of the body of Christ. Thank God made a part of the, of the branches. I was made a part of the sheepfold. I could go on and on. I'm going to go say this. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Hallelujah. Got in that big old hand. I got in that big old hand. Amen. They tell me that he meted out heaven with a span in that hand. Somebody said, how big's the whole galaxy? God said, oh, about this big. Somebody said he held all the water in the hollow of his hand. Amen now. And did you know they tell me there's places in the ocean that they're not sure how deep it is. Dre flew on an airplane. Uh, Sunday and probably got up about 30,000 feet and they tell me there's places in the ocean that's 30,000 feet deep. The water is as deep as Trey was up there in that airplane. That's unbelievable. That's mind-boggling. It's so deep, I can't, it's so deep and so dark you can't see nothing. The fish are blind. Well, I'd say God's got some pretty big hands and when I got saved, I got placed in that hand. Hallelujah. I can't jump out, waller out, work my way out. Amen. Why in the world would anybody that's saved want to do that anyhow? I'm saved. Thank God I'm so saved. It's pitiful. Amen. I don't know why. I felt like I ought to get back on that, but just so you'll know, I'm saved. Thank God. For eternity and eternity's eternity. Saved by the grace of God. Saved, saved, saved. I'm going to keep on like I preach eternal security. Son, I've been preaching it for 25 years. It's all in that Bible. It's all in that Bible. It's kind of, it's kind of like preaching that whosoever will. Amen, man. It's right there in that Bible. Right there in that Bible. Let's stand to our feet. Father, thank you, Lord, for helping us preach a word of God tonight. Oh, we're glad we can see your story on the story of everyone in the Scriptures. Lord, thank you for Moses 